coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. This podcast is now compatible with Nintendo Labo. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We are going to be talking about the news from the week, including Capcom and the Pokemon Company finally getting on board with the Switch. And then on Thursday, we've got our review discussion of Mario Tennis Aces. So come back for that. But Mark, in the meantime, before we get to Mario Tennis Aces, before we get to Capcom and the Pokemon Company, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. They uh, at work. They're using a new air freshener in the bathroom that smells uh-huh. kind of like watermelon airheads. So how could I complain about anything? Uh, well, that's I, there's no way to do like a air freshener, a, like a fruit flavored air freshener that doesn't just smell like candy, right? They're all candy smells. Yeah, I think like the danger is that sometimes if it's not candy, it's mm-hmm. just like kind of gross smelling. It's too chemically. Yes. Well, it's a fine mean, line between candy and chemical. That's right, especially in the bathroom. Uh-huh. And I would say just avoid eating altogether in the bathroom. Just avoid it, even, yeah, if, just even if you think it's candy. Quick tips up at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Don't eat candy in the bathroom. Here's something you can do for us. You could revate, revate. What did I say? <laughs> Rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. We could, we could like truncate that into one word. It might save us some. Uh, oxygen airtime yeah that's true we have this is something that not a lot of people know about the show we are recording it with a limited amount of oxygen (laughs) we are recording from miles below the ocean surface (laughs) and we are running out of air mark showing signs of the bends we would love for you to rate and review us on apple podcasts it it's help it's how people find the show uh and you know it makes us feel good so (laughs) if you could do that that would be um, lovely. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MK Mitchell. The show is at Nincart Society. There's a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. All of that is great, but here's here's what we really need. Yeah, here's something that's even greater. This this is the perhaps the greatest. We are going to be determining the top five RP nope, top eight RPGs on Nintendo platforms. Of all time. Of all time. Now, eight, why eight? You say. Why did you just say five? <laughs> Eight because Octopath. Octopath Traveler is going to be coming out, and we think maybe it deserves a spot in there. We don't know. If nothing else, we like the synergy between absolutely the game and this idea. So on August 2nd, we are going to have a conversation about what the eight best Nintendo RPGs are. And not just Nintendo RPGs. RPGs that appear on Nintendo platforms. Will we be talking about Square Enix games? Uh, you bet we are. <laughs> um, but if you want your favorites repped in that, you got to email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And if there's, you know, if you want to be like, hey, don't you dare put a Paper Mario game on there, you need to email us that because otherwise we might put one on there. Yeah, you never know. Uh, We're crazy like that. We are crazy like that. So anyway, get those in and get those in sooner rather than later, and then they'll, they'll go on our list and in our discussion. And everyone will have fun. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing. 
couple demos this past week. But demos coming to this thing like crazy. Which I really Switch. appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Toad demo. Tell me about the demo. Uh, it appears to be just like the first, I guess I don't know, the first three sections okay. in the game. Um, so it just gives you a real brief taste of two like puzzle levels and then like a boss level with a dragon. That's fun. Uh, yeah, it seemed fun. And it's only 40 bucks. I think I'm remembering that right. It had better be because the the game originally was only 40 bucks. Oh, okay. And I guess that hasn't stopped them before with uh, uh, Tropical Freeze was originally 50 bucks. And then they yeah, but you had funky mode. You did it. add funky mode to it. <laughs> and with the Switch, it's become portable, just <laughs> like all other games. Um, so uh, when does that come out? Soonish. July, right? yeah, July? just a couple weeks. Uh, it's cute. I don't, I don't really have much to say on it. It seemed fine. It was pretty much exactly what I expected to be. I had never played it before yeah. on the Wii U. Um, if I were to pick it up, I'd pick it up on Switch. And I'm kind of considering it after the demo. Yeah. Um, the, there are uh, some, of the, some of the levels in the... Uh, so the Switch version has new Mario Odyssey-related content in it. I, that's, I assume it's not part of the demo. Um, but it is in place of some of, like, it's like three or something levels that are ripped from uh, Super Mario 3D World. Uh, so, like, there's actually content in the Wii U version that's not going to be in these two that are coming out on the other platforms. So I just want to, as someone who played it already and who will play it again, I will have the most complete Captain Toad experience. <laughs> uh, I also picked up the Shining Resonance Refrain demo. What? is that okay so uh shining resonance is a rpg in the shining series that was released like shining force uh possibly yeah yeah maybe. who knows i don't really know <laughs> uh so shining resonance was released for the ps3 mm-hmm. and shining resonance refrain is like a uh r- not a remake like a remaster i guess a re-release this one is actually coming west uh, includes like a new refrain mode. It's coming to the PS4 and Switch and probably some other platforms. Um, so it is a RPG, kind of like a, an action RPG. Possibly one of the top eight of all time. Uh, I'm going to go ahead, even though I've just played the demo, and say no. Mm. Um, it's a very like particular type of RPG. Uh, the demo, I don't feel like did a very good job on, of selling me on it. It's yeah. the demo is just kind of like walk down this hallway, um, beat up a couple of guys. It's not very challenging or difficult. Um, it's interesting because it's seemingly you will control like a party, but you don't actually have like direct control over them. You're playing as one guy who can kind of like issue commands and be like, attack, heal me or like hold or whatever. But uh, you don't actually have the opportunity to, to control your party members. Yeah. The other thing is that the presentation is, well, we'll be talking about Super Mario Tennis uh, or Mario Tennis Aces, and it is not dissimilar to that sort of um, presentational style. Yeah. Uh, Bayonetta 2 has the same sort of thing where it's like, we're not, uh, it's kind of like a bad improv scene where it's like, we're not going to show you what we're talking about. Right. We're just, we're just going to talk, talk about, about it. It's about like, it. whoa, look at this like huge castle while it's just, you know. A static image of like your characters. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And th- that's the kind of storytelling with some like cuts to fully rendered cutscenes, but it's not done very seamlessly. Yeah. 
Uh, full of seams. <laughs> it is not not my thing. Yeah, sure. Um, what made you pick it up? Because it's a demo, it's and a like demo, I think yeah. I might as well like try it out. You're the demo man. Risk free. Yeah, you are the demo. I'm the demolition man. man. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Does that make me Wesley Snipes? It. I mathematically, I think that's true. I think it's true too. Uh, obviously, we both have been playing Mario Tennis Aces. Uh, we will be talking more about that and its peculiar presentation style on Thursday. Uh, I am also currently playing or replaying Golden Sun. Now, is this in preparation for it is. Top 8 RPG? It is, because I remember liking it, uh, and I really want to see uh, if I would still like it. And uh, you're in the mood for some more Camelot games. I'm in the mood for some more Camelot games. Give me all them Camelot. Mario Tennis Ace is also a Camelot game. Um, and uh, I'm like maybe an hour and a half, two hours into it. And I forgot that it starts very slowly. It's a JRPG, so like that's of course it does. Was it originally released for the Game Boy? Game Boy Advance. Oh, okay. Um, so the weirdly the they were developing a an RPG for the Nintendo sixty four, and uh, they could see like the writing on the wall that the N sixty four was going down, and so they were like, okay, well let's let's port this thing over or like take the story ideas and the mechanics and make the graphics to put it on Game Boy Advance. But then they realized as they were doing it that it wouldn't fit on, that the whole game wouldn't fit on a single Game Boy Advance uh, cartridge. And so that's why there's uh, Golden Sun and Golden Sun Lost something. The, the, the sequel to it, which takes place in the same universe and has the same characters in it, but like you're playing as the bad guys in it. So like originally it was all one experience on the nintendo 64 they saw that that wasn't gonna work and sunset that and brought out these two game boy advance games oh uh so now i'm like well there's a lot to this game i didn't know back when i was you know 14 and like putzing my way through them so uh yeah i'm just i'm just trying to give myself a full impression of what golden sun actually is because i realized that uh, i'd forgotten most of it uh, though I don't know how much how much more I can force myself through. <laughs> so not <laughs> through loving game. it. Probably not going on my list of top eight. But you know I've been wrong before. Mark, that's what we've been playing this last week. Let's get into into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. All right, June twenty sixth. Uh, Yeez eight Lacrimosa of Dana is coming out on Switch. Um. So I am kind of interested in this game. I've heard that Yeez 8 is a really, really good RPG. Okay. Uh, from is, what I've... Is Lacrimosa of Dana, 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 whatever, is that a just a subtitle for the game? Or is that like a special uh, like edition release of it? Pretty sure it's just a, the subtitle of the okay. game. Okay, all right. Um, and yeah, so I've heard good things about it. Apparently, the Switch version is a little rough. Mm. Uh, they had some, or are having some problems with the localization. And so, in the first week of release, they there's like a day one patch, another patch um, for launch week, and then a, a third patch that's supposed to come out like shortly after launch. Oh, boy. Yeah, to try to like resolve the issues that they're having. The ongoing issues. Um. But in some ways, that's just video games too, right? Like, or modern video games. The, the first weekend that I was playing God of War, 
every single time I turned it on, there was a new version of it to update. And that was like over the weekend. <laughs> it was like every couple hours they were pushing a new update for it. Well, okay. So apparently Yeez 8, this is, um, it's a Falcom RPG. And this is Falcom's second attempt at getting this out in the West. I I think it was it was previously localized by Xseed and I think released okay. on PC. And apparently that localization was really bad like just like kind of like poorly written yeah and so uh now nis america is having their go at it and they're releasing it on consoles and they're also having like problems where the localization um will sometimes just have like japanese text oops or the spacing will be off or like lines will repeat and just all stuff kind of Stuff like that. So the reviews have been kind of so-so on the Switch version, um, but it's also available on like the PS4 and stuff. Sure, and and you're curious about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, one of your New Year's resolutions, if I recall correctly, was to get into more uh, like translations of games, fan translations. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, is your interest in this game sort of born out of that? Hmm. No. Maybe maybe I can say yes, so that way if I do buy this, I can use that to check off. To, to just check that whole thing off? <laughs> yep, to be like, oh, purchased one game. That's good enough. Now, I've purchased at least one fighting game this year. Does that mean <laughs> that I have uh, achieved my get into fighting games goal? Well, I mean, I assume we're going to, at some point at the end of the year, like look back mm-hmm, on our mm-hmm. uh, resolutions to see if we achieved them. So... We're in almost in July, and I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah, sure. we're halfway there. We're, half, we're halfway yes, through the year. Uh-huh, we're doing it. Uh, De Blob comes out. Mario, uh, which long-time listeners will know that I played on the Wii, barely remember, um, was kind of interested in this, but... You're always interested in it out. when it pops up. <laughs> You're always like, ooh, De Blob. Yeah, but I don't think I'm going to buy it, so there you go. Uh, Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle Donkey Kong Adventure is out which i actually understand has already popped um that it's just uh ha- has already at the time that we are recording this on monday night that is just like available oh okay well <laughs> but uh, today t- tuesday is the release date for it uh lumina's remastered and then on t- the 27th tomorrow pokemon quest is coming out on your mobile phone so if you can't get enough of it on your switch or you don't have a Switch, then <laughs> you can pick it up on mobile. Did I just chuckle at the idea of someone not having a Switch? I kind of did, didn't I? My mom is going to buy a Switch for uh, her grandkids. That's very sweet. Yeah, I'm very excited. Or like she's going to keep it at her house, right? So it's like a treat for Grammy's right. house when they like go and visit. That's nice. Yeah. My uh, my mother just had uh, like full knee replacement surgery on her right knee. Um, and... My mother is a big tennis player. She likes to play tennis a lot. And I've been spending most of the weekend playing Mario Tennis. And I keep thinking, like, would my mother enjoy having this? Like, if I sent her a Switch with Mario Tennis, is that something she could possibly enjoy? And the answer is obviously not. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say no. But what a nice thought. What a nice thought. And Get she- well soon, Mrs. Ellers. Thank you. I'm sure she appreciates that. Uh, and then on the 28th, Bomb Chicken is coming out. Bomb Chicken! And uh, Limbo and Insider both releasing. The Neo Geo game for the week is Money Puzzle Exchanger. Here's an important thing to know. 
Uh, also on the 28th, on the new 3DS eShop is a game called IFO. Um, this is a game that it's, uh, uh, I forget what the I stands for, but it's, uh, you know, UFO, but it's an I instead of U. Um, and it, it, it looks like a Mr. Game and Watch style, like LED game. Like that's how the, oh, how cool. the presentation Oh, this it. is a 3DS game, right? It's a 3DS game. New yeah. 3DS. New exclusive. 3DS. Yes. Um, and I have a new 3DS, so I'm going to play this game. Those Game and Watch, cl- uh, graphics are really pushing the 3DS to the edge. <laughs> I wonder if it'll be in 3D or if it if it'll just be flat. Did I already mention Limbo and Inside are both releasing? You did already mention Limbo and Inside. Have you played either of those games before? No. Um, you know, there's that one GIF from Limbo, I think it is, where the kid just like walking along, doing the platforming kind of thing. I assume you do in this game, and then like the spider thing comes out of the uh, yeah shadows. That's a big nope. I'm That's, pretty much out. So because of the surprise, because of spiders. All, all the above. You don't want to be scared. <laughs> I don't want to be scared. Don't like spiders. Uh, those games both seem like they're right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to end up getting them or what, but like um, every time I see something for either Limbo or Inside, I'm like, oh, that actually seems really cool. And everyone speaks so highly of both those games. Uh, it is dumb for me to not uh, act on it at some point. And then on June 29th, Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, is coming out. And Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy finally be released. Which I'm excited about, because that means we never have to speak of it ever again. Uh, Unless, of course, we, that's what we want to do next week's episode on. I did Crash Bandicoot. It'd be torture for both of us. <laughs> uh, it's crazy that like those are the Friday releases, are Wolfenstein 2 and Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the Nintendo Switch in the year 2018. Yeah, it's awesome. I forgot what year it was. (laughs) Oh, and then on July 2nd, which will technically, I think, be next week. I think the 2nd is uh, Monday. The new Nintendo 2DS XL. Hylian? Hylian? How do you say that? Yeah, you say Hylian. Yes. You you would want to say, like, Hyrulean or something, Right. right? I don't... They... But they that's not what you do. Uh, the Hylian Shield Edition comes out. So if uh, you need one more reason to buy uh, uh, another... Um, yeah, like Special Edition mm-hmm. 2DS uh, XL, new 2DS XL. That's right. That has... I think it comes with like the download code for Link to the Past or something like that. I think it's a Link Between Worlds, actually. Makes sense to me. Look, no one knows, and we're never going to know. Uh, all right, let's let's move out of the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, today we are talking about our favorite unusual smells. So here's an example. Please, because when you proposed this, I was like, I don't think I have one. And you said, I bet you do. (laughs) All right. An unusual smell that I really enjoy is in the 90s, CD liner notes used to be print used to be printed with. I don't know if it was the ink or the paper or some some combination thereof, but it had a very distinct smell. I used to buy every like Disney 
movie animated movie soundtrack that came out uh-huh. uh before i had even seen the movie it was just like cd was out this is an auto buy for mark uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so i remember buying like the mulan soundtrack had not seen mulan mm-hmm. hadn't even been released yet and opening it there up, are it at least like, two stone cold classics on that on that cd oh yeah i'm not denigrating the mulan soundtrack in any way shape or form big missed opportunity that the new live action movie that they're doing will have no singing in it um yeah and like that is a great example of liner nose that has like a very distinct smell and I don't buy CDs anymore, so I don't know if they if it still has that smell, but it would definitely transport me to a different time. If it right. Did. I would also believe that there's like a different quality of ink and paper that they use in CDs now to cut down on costs. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, just because they can't. Using like an old like dot matrix printer. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's ripping it off. <laughs> that's Holding right. it up. That's, that's how like Amoeba stays in business. That's They're right. also stuffing <laughs> CD cases. I'll just DIY now. Um, I, I guess if I have something that is like that, it is uh, the smell of a freshly opened action figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I guess I, it's been a long time since I've opened one, um, but there was a, especially like the the mix of plastics used in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figure, they smelled so specific where it's like a little bit rubber, a little bit plastic, um, and it's just, it's that... Uh, the scent of like I actually got one of these things instead of just going to the toy store and like looking at them because that's something I used to do as a kid was like when we were at the mall or at a store I would just go to the toy section and just look at them and know that I didn't have any money and that I wasn't going to trick my mom into buying one for me I just wanted to look at them and to actually smell it means I got inside Mark (laughs) I feel like that smell is uh, now it would be a carcinogen (laughs) <laughs> it probably was it then probably too. Was then, I uh, because have you ever? T- I l- I love the smell of a new shower curtain. That's super like that's plastic-y. very similar. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I and I'm fairly confident that is a carcinogen that, that we're getting cancer from our shower curtain. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there are any that I've developed like later in life, or even any that don't have to do with like <laughs> material gain of some kind. Uh, right. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't particularly like seek out the smell of like flowers. I like the smell of uh, when it's gonna rain. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a cool smell and one that we don't have in LA all that often because it doesn't rain all that often. Uh, um, this past weekend. I was walking, um, and it was very hot outside, and somebody had a hose running, and it was like the smell of hose water mm. on hot pavement. Again, just made me think of, like, childhood, like yeah. summer days. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Also, here's 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 one that sort of marries all of this. Uh, a pool with too much chlorine in it. Oh, yes. Love me a pool with too much chlorine mm-hmm. in it. I swam in you know, basically the whole time I was a child. My uh, older sister um, swam in in high school, and so I have so many memories of like entire days lost to swim meets inside. Uh, oh, and well, I, I guess we'll, we'll never know. know. We'll never know. Uh, we were accompanied today by the students from the Royal Center School of Speech and Drama. Okay, Mark, let's get into the news. Hey, the NES Classic Edition is uh, coming back to stores this Friday. Hey, did this like 
did the date for this sort of sneak up on us or have we known about it for a while? I or? think we knew about we've known about it for a month or so. Okay. I, I, I knew that we knew it was coming back, but uh, having an exact date is exciting. So there hasn't been a ton of information about how retailers will be handling rollout. Uh, what no you surprise. Doing? What you do? Because <laughs> yeah. there's never any information. Right. So Best Buy is not taking pre-orders. Um, they're kind of doing the Black Friday thing where you can line up and uh, it's first come, first serve. Everybody can buy one. Right. Um, they'll, if there's a line outside in the morning, they'll be handing out numbers, like that sort of thing. Uh, they should also have some inventory online, but they obviously haven't made any promises about availability. GameStop will have at least 10 units per store. And they're not taking pre-orders either. Uh, have you ever, for LA people, have you been to that Amazon Books that's in the Century City uh, Westfield Mall? No. So some of like Amazon the, Books. Yeah. So some of the Amazon Books locate physical locations are going to have some in stock. Hmm. Um, I'm curious if this is going to be uh, a little more similar to the Super NES classic rollout, where basically like. Every week, retailers are just going to keep getting yeah like more. So even if you don't, I feel, I guess what I'm saying is, even if you don't get one Friday, if you're still in the hunt, I think there will be ample opportunity in the future. Right. Well, and also just anytime that there is more, that there are more of these things out in the wild, it means that like the scalper price also goes down. Absolutely. And, and which means that people will be less ravenous about snatching them before uh you know someone else can buy them but i'm excited that this is coming back and i'm also excited that the super nes classic edition is fairly available because mm-hmm. um i really want to get a super nes classic for like to take to my parents house because i that's the console that we played a lot as kids and i think it'll be fun to have one like a functioning one again yeah um and hey, you don't want to carry that big thing back and forth between LA and your parents. No, <laughs> takes up too much. Who room. has the room when they're charging me for luggage space? Ugh. No, thank you. Charging, charging you for everything nowadays. You ever been on Spirit Airlines? <laughs> Boo! No, we're not. We're not doing. There that. are ads on the overhead bins. <laughs> um, speaking of which, if you'd like to advertise on this show, that's right. You can send an email to Nintendo Cartridge Society at gmail.com. We will absolutely advertise with Spirit Airlines. Uh. The recently released Legend of Zelda Encyclopedia has a new bit of Zelda lore. At least it was new to me. And I'm, even though Zelda canon means absolutely nothing, uh, it's absolutely always fun to talk nothing. about. Uh, the, the entirety of the first game okay. takes place on Death Mountain from A Link to the Past. Now that is surprising because that same piece of Hyrule is also the south, what am I doing here? South, east, no. Southwest corner of the Zelda 2 map. Mm. You can like see where like the graveyard is uh, in like the So what are, top what are you left. what are you what are you saying? I'm saying that uh, and that is Death Mountain. Uh, so the Death Mountain from uh, Zelda 2 is the same Death Mountain from A Link to the Past. Is what I'm saying. Okay. And so does the map work out? Because like Death Mountain in a link to the past is Oh my god, is the is the top is the top right corner. Um and it is the bottom left corner of so someone needs to marry these maps together. Right. Just make uh, one big high rule map. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Let's see that. I want someone to stitch that bad boy together. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Uh too bad neither of us have any artistic talent whatsoever. The ability to do it. 
in a recent interview, Splatoon 2 producer Hishashi Nogami confirmed that the Octo expansion is the only piece of multiplayer DLC the team has planned. I guess that's single-player DLC. That's Ah, yeah, single-player DLC the team has planned. Nogami does leave the door open for future multiplayer content and, quote, premium multiplayer content, but he didn't drop any additional hints about what that might entail. Um, I'm okay with this. I like the uh, Octo expansion a lot. It is hard and remains excruciatingly difficult. Um, so I, I, I also played a little bit of that this weekend. I uh, didn't talk about it in the what we've been playing. Um, but between that and some of the more difficult challenges in Mario Tennis Aces, I had a frustrating <laughs> weekend uh, playing video games. But uh, uh, I don't, it's, it's a good piece of content. I don't know that I'll necessarily need to have something like that all the time, especially when you know so much of what is cool about Splatoon is the multiplayer component. Uh, speaking of the multiplayer component, we have some Splatfest revolt results from Team Pulp versus Team No Pulp. Mm-hmm. Now, if you recall, Mark and I are uh, staunchly on the side of, of Team Pulp. Because you're an adult. Oh, yes. You're an adult. Chew we your juice. We have grown into it. <laughs> Chew your juice. Chew your juice. Yeah, put that on a t-shirt. Um, Team Pulp was way less popular than Team No Pulp. Not really a surprise there. Um, but ended up totally kicking butt mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. winning in both solo and team categories. The uh, No Pulp team was twice as popular. 67% of players uh, went with No Pulp and it, only 32 went Pulp. I wonder if that's the largest disparity thus far in a Splatoon 2 Splatfest. I, I think so, because the... The ketchup versus even ketchup versus mustard, the the OG Splatfest. <laughs> um, I feel like that was like sixty forty, and we're like, oh wow, there's a lot of there's a yeah. lot of ketchup people. This also continues the trend of the less popular team winning Splatfest. Yeah, I this is one of those things where like I don't know if the, any of the numbers are real. <laughs> there's <laughs> no way to check it. Like I wonder if they're just like, uh, I don't know. The less popular one always wins. I mean, wh- what what would benefit them doing that? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to throw out the... Just conspir- to spread disinformation. First thing you do is you get people questioning the truth, and then you manufacture your own truth, Mark. Wake up! <laughs> I mean, irrefutable. That's uh, a really actually compelling point. During a recent shareholders meeting, Capcom was asked about the company's plans for supporting the Switch. They pointed to Monster Hunter Double Cross and announced an intention to continue developing other titles for the platform in the future. I like to imagine they physically gestured to they were like, Monster Here, Hunter here's Double Monster, Cross. Monster Hunter. Yeah. Are you supporting the Switch? And they just like tap. On uh-huh. it. Um, so I think at this point, we have. Um, maybe resigned ourselves to the fact that stuff like Monster Hunter Worlds and Resident Evil 2 aren't going to come to Switch. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that there aren't uh, Capcom franchises or games that I don't, that uh, would be surprising to show up there. I think we'll continue to see some form of Monster Hunter. I'm excited to see what uh, Ace Attorney looks like on Switch. Yeah. Well, and I mean, uh, you know, the Street Fighter Anniversary Collection came out on, on Switch. We got Mega Man 11 coming up eventually, and that's going to be released on like all the platforms. And from you know my uh, when I played it at E3, it seems like it's great. Um, so yeah, it, it seems like they are supporting it in that same sort of way that like other kind of developers are, where they're the stuff that they can bring to Switch. They are, 
Um, I would like to see what they could do or would do if they were like, we're developing this for Switch, uh, you know, whatever game. Um, and uh, although I guess if it could work on Switch, why not bring it to other platforms as well and just make the money everywhere? Um, but yeah, it's 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 cool to know that Capcom, being a developer that we like as much as we do, is even though we boo them, we boo them, but we love them. Uh, that they're going to be around for a while. Uh, not part of this statement, but a separate statement. Ooh. Uh, a Capcom spokesperson was quoted in the Wall Street Journal saying that they would consider bringing more cloud games to Switch, depending on how Resident Evil 7 cloud version performs. See, now this is the kind of uh, synergy and analysis that you can only get on a show like this. We're pulling a statement from here and a statement from here and just jamming them all together. Kapow! <laughs> That's right. That's right, Kapow. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, no, I don't have anything to okay, add. Okay, great. Uh, some hackers have discovered a way to make their Switch online profile pictures pornographic images. Uh, for the Normally, most part, yeah. this has gone under the radar, but <laughs> because of Luigi's Balloon World, um, it's a little more out and proud. Right. No, <laughs> proud. Uh, yeah, normally the only way that you would see someone's profile picture is if you are friends with them and you're checking to see, you know, what games they've been playing or whatever. Right. And so, like, you know, if you're friends with somebody who's going to hack their Switch to put a pornographic image in their, uh, like, user yeah, avatar, you, you're not surprised. Right. You're like, oh, uh, Randy. A, a butt pops up and you're like, thanks, Greg Smith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Putting Greg Smith on blast. It's not what his profile is. <laughs> um, but yeah, in Luigi's Balloon World, the balloons, uh, when someone hides them, it has their, uh, their profile picture up there. So if I hide a balloon right now, you'll see a little picture of Kirby on a pink background reaching for a star. Um, and on someone else's, you'll see like a naked lady. So... I guess, uh, be warned. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Company CEO and President, you're really going to have to help me out with this Okay, uh, Sunakazu Ishihara. Yeah, that sounded great. Uh, spoke about why now was the right time to bring Pokemon to Switch. Uh, Ishihara, you'll remember, was originally skeptical of the device. He told Nintendo that the system was not going to be successful prior to its release. Oops. <laughs> so, here are some quotes. Uh... I don't know if this has the ability to persuade the people who said a year ago that the Nintendo Switch wouldn't sell, and then he laughs, but up until that point, a machine that integrated both handheld functionality and a home console was unheard of, so to be honest, it was hard to know what, how it would sell. I didn't see it selling. <laughs> however, however, the overwhelming fun of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild made it popular. I think that had a big impact. I, it's so refreshing to hear this guy be like, I didn't think it was going to be good. I didn't think anyone was going to care. But yeah. Like, but Breath of the Wild, wow. Breath of the Wild, man, what a game. Um, he, he sounds like anyone who's talking about video games right now, right? Um, he also talks about some other games uh, saying, quote, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Super Mario Odyssey, as well as other titles, also had great timing and is helping widespread adoption. On top of that, there are games like Nintendo Labo that include elements you don't normally see in games. So it's the ideal platform for, or it's the ideal environment for a platform. I think this is a great opportunity for us to introduce new games and bring new experiences that will earn even more fans. So again, that's sort of the like uh, Nintendo Blue Ocean strategy, kind of, of like reaching out to audiences that aren't just the uh, video game playing audience. Uh, well, still acknowledging that like Mario Kart and Mario Odyssey, like video game staples, 
are also you know like it it's all kind of working together to to pull in an audience that is uh you know for a platform that is as big as a platform needs to be before a Pokemon game will come to it. Um yes, exactly. Uh he actually kind of talks about that a little bit. Oh, was in, I teeing you up? Uh, <laughs> in the uh again, that's the kind of that's stuff right. you're like, kapow. Um, the reason that we can release the title at this time, at this point in time, is that we already had begun development at the time that the Nintendo Switch launched. That's the point where thoughts like, maybe the hardware won't sell, changed to a feeling of, our game will give this platform traction. In a way, our second title this time around will be one of the driving factors behind that. So is he already saying, Pokemon Gen 8, when it comes out in 2019, that's going to be a system seller. Yeah, he's, I he's, think so. He's calling a shot. Well, I mean, if you're, uh, what is his title? The CEO of the Pokemon company? President and CEO, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I think that's like a pretty safe bet. All right, Ishihara, just calm down. <laughs> uh, Flip Grip, a kickstarted accessory that will allow handheld Switch users to play games in vertical mode, met its Kickstarter goal of $42,500 almost immediately. So if you're looking for a way to play versus Punch-Out or Donkey Kong both vertically and horizontally, you've got an accessory to help you do that. Have you seen this thing? Yeah, it's really cool. It, it seems like a, you know, a nice like form factor and everything. And even like, I don't know, it, it looks nice that, that you can play games on the go. Yeah, so basically what you do vertically. is you like, yeah, the um, switch like, console like tablet part you mm -hmm. switch vertic you turn vertically and then lock it into place then you slide your joy cons into the sides of the grip um so basically you can play the arcade type games using all the real estate of the screen yeah because otherwise if you're playing it on like when i play donkey kong on my tv there are black bars on the side because it's it's emulating the you know the actual like uh what do you call it um the length by width. Yeah, like the aspect, aspect ratio, ratio. Yeah, of like the arcade cabinet. Right. Um, and if you can just turn the switch on its side, uh, and then put, slap the Joy Cons on the side, then you've got like the the whole the whole screen there. Yeah, and a tw so a twelve dollar pledge gets you one of these grips. Um, the whole thing was kind of put together by Jeremy Parrish of Retronauts and just video game writing I did, journalism. I did not fame. know that that, that and a uh, fan us. gamer. Yeah, so it was something that like months ago he was like hey somebody should make this and then nobody did so he him and T uh fan gamer teamed up they hired a um uh like engineer slash designer yeah. to put the whole thing together they're ready to go so um they just needed the funds to like get the machines running uh last i checked this thing was at almost ninety thousand dollars uh because it, it keeps getting supported and i guess people keep pre-ordering them 12 bucks is like nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I, are you tempted by this thing? Uh, I don't play enough arcade games to make it worthwhile, but for 12 bucks. Uh, 12 bucks, again, is almost nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I may dip in and grab one of these too. Uh, I, I don't play the Switch portably uh, really all that much. Uh, and it does seem weird that like, uh, well, I got I to gotta bring the extra accessory so I can play Donkey Kong on the plane. But like, I don't know, maybe I'll do that. Uh, Nintendo pushed an update for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe yesterday that makes the game Labo compatible now. What does that mean, Mark? So the you know the bike handle thing that I you do. can build yes. in the variety kit. 
Mm -hmm. So that's you can control Mario Kart that way now, which makes total sense. That's yep. a great synergy. Uh, especially because uh, there are bikes in that game. Also, Nintendo announced a new Labo con Creator Content. Contest? Labo Creator Contest. There we go. Uh, asking users to submit their own musical instruments and games. You can upload a video of your Labo creation to YouTube. The contest runs July 19th to August 20th. Uh, contestants can win a Labo-themed Switch console and dock and a Labo jacket. Do you see this Labo jacket? No, but it sounds cool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and then uh, runners-up can win custom Labo-themed Joy-Cons and the aforementioned jacket. So really, if you're a runner-up, you're a real winner. You, you get, I mean, basically, you don't get the Switch, I guess. Yeah, but you already own you one. You already have one. <laughs> That's right. Or someone has been very patient with you while you're borrowing theirs. Yeah. Really, you know, honing in on your cardboard saxophone. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if they're like really, if they're letting you borrow it for that long, you it's could yours. probably just keep it's it yours. and nobody's going to say anything. Yeah. Uh, squatter's rights. It'd be That's nice. how things work, right? That is how things work. Possession is nine tenths of the law. Uh, but then you could gift them a special Labo-themed Switch. Although, you're yeah. the Labo-maniac. I was going to say, you could, you but you're not going to because you've been hoarding somebody else's Switch. So when a second Switch comes along, you're going to be like uh, Smaug and just keep That's collecting right. as many <laughs> Switches you no, can get, you no monster, get your... <laughs> you Labo-freak. Mm. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, I got it's okay. You got worked there. up. It's fine. Look, we <sighs> bear no return ill things that you borrow. Okay, I'm not going to. Do you want your copy of the <laughs> Link Between Worlds back? I'll give it back to you, Mark. <laughs> you also, Link Between Worlds smaug. I am still missing my copy of Sonic Forces. By the way, not Mark related, but someone is a Sonic Forces smaug. Uh, okay, everyone. I hope you're sitting down. I know we are. We are. Um. We have some really big news. Pocket Rumble has <gasps> a release date. Oh. Uh, July 5th. It's coming out on Switch. Yes. And probably. What? Probably. I mean, they're, they, they, they're, you know, selling confidence on it. But I've right. been burned before. That's right. I'm we not even buying this game. But <laughs> I... It's like eight bucks, Mark. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Uh, yeah, obviously this is a game that uh, I've been waiting for since March of last year. Yeah, I don't even know what we're going to do when this is actually released. I mean, I think we're going to do four weeks of episodes to a week just on Pocket Rumble. There are eight playable characters. You're going to get a whole episode about each one. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very excited about this. I will believe it when I see it. And what a way to celebrate the day after our nation's independence. Yeah. The 5th of July. Um, and then finally, this week is Summer Games Done Quick. It's supporting Doctors Without Borders. Uh, we've talked about games done quick in the past. It's like a uh, speedrunning marathon. Runs 24 hours a day for the entire week. Um, there's some really cool speedruns. I haven't even actually looked at the schedule yet. Right. I haven't had time, but um, man, I am just really excited to have it back. We should uh, check out some of those and um, like report back on interesting ones next week. Um, also, if you are watching any Summer Games Done Quick and there's something that you want to bring to our attention, please shoot us an email, Society at, at gmail.com, gmail and we'll talk about it on next week's show. Um, it's, I, th there's nothing quite... I don't really know what it is. Like The experience of watching someone... Like just absolutely break a game and beat it in like 13 minutes when it should be like a 90 hour experience. Um, it just feels so like transgressive and cool and smart. Where it's just 
I don't know. It, it's a cool thing, and obviously uh, supporting Doctors Without Borders, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I, I like Games Done Quick. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I love Awesome Games Done Quick. I love Summer Games Done Quick. I love just being able to like put it on in the background yeah. and just have it going, again, 24 hours a day. Yep. It's pretty and- great. And everyone running these um, these speed runs is really good about explaining how they're doing what they're doing and why what they're doing is interesting or new um, or anything like that. So, you know, there's always like at least one person there who's just like calling the shots and letting you know uh, how what's happening on screen is special. All right, uh, Mark, let's close out the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. It helps us out tremendously. Um, on Twitter, I am at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell. Collectively, we are at Cart Society. Uh, the Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. If you like Mark and Mind's opinions, we do write about comic books on retconpunch.com. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of 8 Betty's music by going to 8bitbetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying, I will believe Pocket Rumble is out when Pocket Rumble is out. And thanks for listening. Campfire.